Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. A young dad and his baby girl left homeless after a fire sweeps through the family residence. But Why? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. Tommy Gray, a single dad of a two-year-old little girl, is excited as he begins a new relationship. Things seem to be going Gray's way. He's living in a home that's been in his family for generations. Gray grew up in the home, as did his father before him. But then the call comes in that his home is on fire. The fire department is called, but everything is lost. Gray says his daughter's clothes, shoes, toys were damaged in the fire. No one is injured, but the family is now homeless. The property damage is valued at more than $50,000. Most of all, Gray says it's been very traumatizing, especially for his daughter, who keeps asking, why can't we go home? Mm. A young dad with a baby girl wondering why she can't go home? It's because a fire spread through the family home, claiming every single thing they owned. They escaped with their lives. They managed not to get burned alive or suffer smoke inhalation till they died. But everything they own, every possession, baby shoes, photo albums, the baby's toys, everything, gone And now we learn arson. Again, I'm Nancy Grace, and this is Crime Stories. Thanks for being with us, with me, an all-star panel. But first, I want to go to Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Tell me about the fire itself, Dave Mack. All right. The fire itself began around 1.45 in the morning, Nancy, and it started on a couch. Hold on just a second. 1.45 a.m. Sorry, Dave Mack, but right there, I'm getting a lot of information. 1.45 a.m., as I always told juries, nothing good happens after midnight. Some freak is out setting fires at 
45 a.m. You know, to Nicole Brock joining me, forensic fire medic, uh, arson expert and author of multiple books, including Principles of ALS Care, what size? What's the size of your dog? That's determination, obstacles, and goals. It goes on and on. Nicole Brock, thanks for being with us. How can authorities immediately tell that this was not an accident, that something on the stove didn't catch fire, uh, that there was not an electrical outlet that suddenly burst into flames? How can they tell there's an arson. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Nancy. So there are several ways to determine whether a fire is arson-related or just a nat- by natural occurrence. A lot of things point to accelerate, accelerants being used, um, the location of the fire, uh, the stories that the people tell of how they, you know, how the fire actually started. A lot of that conversation leads an investigator to believe whether or not it was an accidentally related fire or this was something that was intentionally set. That's right. The arson investigators, the cops have to get on the scene immediately. Jessica Morgan joining me, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet and star of a hit series, Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan. Joe Scott have handled a lot of arsons. That's a very, very tricky kind of case to prove because first you have to prove there was even a crime like what i know when i find somebody stabbed multiple times in the back that's a murder nobody has to explain that but when you've got an arson you have to first prove to a jury that a crime occurred that it was not an accident then you have to prove who did it. So there's a whole nother layer of the burden of proof when you are proving an arson. Now, for example, Joe Scott, I will never forget. Well, I had a lot of arson cases, and I guess sadly is the way to put it. It became one of my specialties, arson prosecutions. I remember one in particular where a millionaire wanted to kill his wife. So he beat her in the head and left her to die in the home and set the mansion on fire. When, just as Nicole Brock was just telling us, when the fire department pulled up, they see him across the street in the front store neighbor's lawn, lying a la Romanesque, propped up, okay, on one hand under his under his head, watching the fire. And I'd like to point out, it's about 2 a.m., much like this case, He was fully dressed in pants, shoes, shirt, belt, and wallet at 2 a.m. And they went, oh, dear Lord, okay, you're fine. And about 60 seconds later, a minute or two in, he goes, oh, yeah, my wife's in there. Yeah, it's arson. But my point, Joe Scott, forensically, when I went and examined the kitchen floor, it looked as if somebody had poured coke on the floor and it dried you could actually see where the accelerant was poured <laughs> it's it didn't take a genius for pete's sake i'm just a lawyer and i can see it right it, it doesn't necessarily take a genius but it does take it, it is it is kind of an art uh, when you begin to examine these scenes and you have to look for things like splash patterns 
uh, and that is if you take accelerant and dump it out over an area, the fire will follow that pattern many times. And also to what Nicole had said earlier, uh, you begin to think about, uh, well, why would a fire in this specific location begin here? You're looking for point of origin. If there's no electrical sources or if you don't have evidence that, say, for instance, somebody has a Christmas tree set up there or a bunch of paper mm-hmm. set there and somebody thumps a cigarette into it. A little portable heater. Those are the worst. Yeah, they really are. And Joe Scott, in the case I just told you about, you know what the defense was? Yeah. Are you that? sitting down? You may need to lay down. <laughs> that the electrical, uh, not the, even the electrical socket, the switch, the on and off switch for the uh, light, just spontaneously burst into fire. That was the defense. Yeah. And that, again, if that's what their contention is, that would have been removed. And the, the crime lab would have actually examined that. And you would have people that specialize in arson to do that, to kind of pick that apart. And there's a whole array of things that we can do. You can look at chemical signatures relative to accelerants. You can look at the splash patterns. You can look, uh, this is really fascinating to me, where the most destruction is. Is where the fire started. Where it originates. There you go. So back to you, Dave Mack. And guys, remember, jump in. I've got Matthew Mangino with me, high-profile lawyer, former parole board member. Don't like that part. Uh, Executioner's toll author. You know, that's a great book, by the way, Matthew Mangino. Listen to this, guys. Executioner's Toll, The Crimes, Arrests, Trials, Appeals, and my favorite part, Last Meals, uh, of 46 people in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> and Dr. Jory Crosen joining us, psychologist and professor at St. Leo University, author of Operation SOS. Matthew, before I go on to my next point with Dave Mack about how we know this was arson, Explain how difficult it is to prove an arson case. I got to tell you, I love prosecuting arsons because it was a legal and mental challenge for me. It's not like a dope deal gone bad, you know, or it just, or burglary or car theft. That takes a lot of analysis and a lot of technique to prove an arson case. You're dealing with a lot of scientific evidence. Explain. Well, yeah, you're right, Nancy. And I, and I would add uh, that in addition to that, that that complicated scientific evidence, a lot of times when, when I was a prosecutor, we had a, an arson investigation team as part of our office. And one of the things that was so important was just that old-fashioned police work, mm-hmm. canvassing a neighborhood. Because as you mentioned earlier, you know, Sometimes people who set fires, they like to watch it. They like to, they like to see the fire department there canvassing a neighborhood to, to see what people uh, observed uh, before or after this occurred. It's so important uh, in terms of an arson investigation, along with the very technical analysis that's done to determine whether or not, um, you know, what the origin of the fire was, what the accelerants were. You know, what were there multiple accelerant areas? There's so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, was there forced entry into the home, which is indicative of someone uh, who went in there to, to, to start a fire? So there's so many aspects to an arson investigation and ultimately an arson prosecution. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Matthew Mangino, I'm so glad that you said that. I want to go back to that one of the the many arson cases I investigated, but that one I was telling you about. When I went into the mansion, what was left of it, it you know, largely still intact. I went in and was going from room to room. I wasn't touching anything and looking. And I remember going up to the husband's bedroom and I opened, pulled the door back with a pen and looked inside. Guess what? There were no suits. Not one single suit in there. <laughs> and this was a, a, a very established millionaire, established businessman in the Atlanta community. I'm like, where are the H-E-double-L or his suits? Well, my investigator and I went to every laundry within a five-mile radius. It didn't take five miles, by the way. It took two miles. We found that he had taken <laughs> all of his suits and dress shirts to the laundry to be cleaned about three days before the fire. Then I got to thinking, and I knew he had a um, a warehouse. So we, about 1 a.m., executed a search on the warehouse. Guess what I found there, Matthew Mangino? Trash bag after trash bag after trash bag full of family photos, his family, not his wife's family, Items from the home, all sorts of things taken from the home and stored at the storage unit. I even managed to recover. I, well, I didn't do this part. An investigator did it. Found the answer machine. And guess what this idiot had done? He was recording his wife talking to her boyfriend. I don't blame her for having a boyfriend. 
<laughs> uh, from what I understood, he would get completely unclothed except for a pair of man's bikini underwear and stand and look at himself in the mirror. I'd leave him too, just like that. But that said, he'd been recording his wife's calls to her boyfriend. Can I tell you, Sydney, are you listening? He recorded himself calling the weather station to find out if it was going to be raining the day of the fire. Also, he recorded himself calling the insurance company and asking them, would their insurance policy cover rental furniture in case there was a fire? What a coinkydink. So, Matthew Mangino, yes, there's extrinsic evidence beyond the poor pattern. You know, you mentioned something else really important. Where the fire starts. That fire started in the kitchen area, but not in any of the appliances, the stove, none of that. It started on the floor. Okay, and you could see where the accelerant had been poured and then consumed by fire. It left a mark on the floor. Dave Mack joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Back to Tommy Garay and his little baby girl left homeless. Where did this fire start? This fire started on a couch in the living room of the home. A stop right there. Dave Mack, was there a forced entry? Yes. Actually, there was, Nancy. In that 1.45 a.m. 911 call for help, the uh, homeowner said that somebody had broken into his house, stole several items, and then set the house on fire. Broken in, stole, and set the house on fire. Okay. Wait a minute. I need Dr. Jory Crosen on this. Uh, Dr. Jory, as I call him, renowned psychologist, uh, professor, St. Leo University, research consultant, and author. Dr. Jory and Nicole Brock, I mean, woman, listen, this is not high tea at Windsor Castle. So please jump in, lady. Dr. Jory. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Dr. Jory, so somebody breaks in to steal something. Now, that's common. That happens every day in Burgary. But why set the place on fire? A lot of people do it just to cover up evidence of a theft. You know, so those are those things. It, it erases fingerprints and DNA and, you know, things of that sort, any kind of cameras that are in the room or recording devices. So and a lot of people do that just to go ahead. No, 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 Nicole, you finished, Dr. Jory. Quit being rude. I know I did call on you like your school teacher. But, Nicole, you know, I always think of burning down a house, Jackie, when you've committed a murder. But she's right. Nicole is right. Some people would burn the place down to get rid of evidence of a theft. They must have wanted something really badly to cover up evidence of a theft. I mean, really? You go in and steal a, a, a TV and the, the VCR and the laptop and you burn the whole place down to cover that up? Really? Do you see that, Nicole Brock? I do. I see that. People fear jail time, uh, especially if they have a past. They are already, um, you know, criminal, got a criminal history. So this is a way to not link them back to the criminal history that they're familiar with. Well, here's the thing. I'm following through your statement, Nicole Brock, to its logical conclusion. So Dr. Jory Crosen, she's saying they fear jail time. So they burn the place down. If they fear jail time, why the hell are they breaking in to start with? Well, they think they can outsmart it. Because, you know, arson has a personality different than other criminals. You know, just like what she was saying, basically... They're hoping to destroy evidence that could link them, like through fingerprints and things like that. 
uh, and fire could do that. You know, if it's it's if it's uh, consumed everything in there. Uh, but a fire, you know, I would look at where it started. I'm just telling you, Doctor Jory, the mind of an arsonist is different from every oh, other yes. criminal. It is. Now, I, I also say that about a few select other type of crimes. But an arsonist, I mean, I don't understand that. You stay, you like to sit back and see the fire. You like to see the flames engulf the whole structure, all the family belongings. You know, I had to think about this the other day, Dr. Jory. I make photo albums full of all type of memorabilia from my twins. And I've got them all. I took over my husband's closet, and it takes up almost the whole closet now. And he was saying, you need to get those things digitized in case you ever had a fire. I nearly passed out thinking. I mean, I don't really treasure any belongings. Maybe those photos and my grandmother's engagement ring, that's pretty much it for the whole place. But the thought of losing those, and now I'm leading you to the mind of an arsonist that takes joy And seeing this father, this young dad, and the two-year-old baby girl, everything they have destroyed. What kind of a freak is that? Think about the methodology of the violence, okay? There's a process to it, and a lot of it has to do with destruction and power. You know, they watch the fire as it consumes. Think of the power that they're getting, like, I'm destroying this, you know? Very satisfying to arsonist. Ew. Well, and Nancy... Okay, yeah. I know that was not a great legal thought, but ew. Is that you, Dave Mack? No, it's Matt. Matt, jump in. Yeah, the, I mean, the the sort of psychology of, of, a, of arsonist, I mean, there's, there's a number of different reasons, as was just said, you know, with regard to that power. Uh, but, but, you know, some people start fires for sexual gratification. Wait, 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 wait. Jackie, why are you shaking your head yes yes, about starting a fire for sex gratification? Yes. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry I asked that. Okay, that's a question I don't know the answer to, and I don't want to know the answer to. Yes, that's who. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thanks, Mangino, for bringing, putting that in my head. You light a fire and burn somebody's house down for sex gratification. Yeah, there's certainly a, a tie to that, and and also, there's there's the idea of anger. You have to think about the idea of anger when when it, when a when a fire started. You want to maybe destroy something uh, that somebody holds uh, dear and that you're maybe mad at or, or 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 upset with. So so there's a lot of different reasons, a lot of different psychology that goes into uh, an arson, and, and those have to all be examined to, to try to determine you know who might be. Uh, the perpetrator of this effect. You're right, Matthew Mangina, because if here, in this kind of case, if you determine motive, you have your killer. Normally, you find your killer or your, your, your criminal, and then you determine motive if you can. So we're looking at the evidence left behind. Who would do this to a young dad and his two-year-old baby girl? Talking about evidence, <laughs> I don't know anybody that has ever had video evidence of an arson that was not part of a security system. Listen to our friends at Crime Online. The fire broke out around 2 a.m. Tommy Garay and his daughter are not at home at the time. A witness reports seeing someone in a gray Kia Optima taking things from the home. It's also the time that Gray gets a FaceTime video in which he can see the fire beginning to spread. 
The fire department is called, but it's too late. In the video, you can see the couch in the living room on fire. A laundry basket filled with clothes is seen toppling over onto the couch, which makes it possible for the fire to spread quickly. So a neighbor spots a gray Kia Optima leaving, and someone has been putting items in the Optima, stealing from the home. Then, out of the blue, 2 a.m., the dad gets a video showing the interior of his home on fire. To Nicole Brock joining me, a forensic fire medic, arson expert. Nicole, when you have arrived at a fire scene, how devastated are the victims seeing everything they own go up in smoke? Oh, it's absolutely devastating. Because this is, these are the things that you can't get back. Your memories, your pictures, there's so many, just like what your husband said, that, that's one of the key things a lot of people don't think about. Fire, accidental or arson related, it doesn't matter. It, those are things that you'll never, ever get back. Those are things that you cannot reproduce. So the sentimental value, and not just with pictures, but just with belongings and, and the memories, that is very devastating to any individual. You know, Nicole Brock, you just really brought up a sore, sore point because my husband, David Lynch, lost the first six months of videos and pictures of our twins. Did you know that, Jackie? No. And I still am not over it. They're 15. I'm still thinking about those six months of videos. And when you just said that, losing everything, so the family is dealing with, very often, a death, an illness because of smoke inhalation, but then the loss of everything they hold dear. And out of the blue, this dad gets a video. Somebody sends him of his home going up in smoke. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. The person FaceTiming Tommy Gray at 2 a.m. is his new girlfriend, Zaneda Marie Soda. Earlier that day, Soto FaceTimed Gray, but a woman answered instead, making Soto angry because she thought he was cheating. It made Soto so angry that she drove to the home, broke in, stole things from inside, then set the couch on fire. Soto allegedly showed Garay a chair on fire in the living room and then said, I hope your stuff is going to be okay, and then hung up. Not long after, while the house is burning, Soto sends a text to Garay reading, I hope your house is okay. Soto left before responders arrived. Police say the woman who originally answered Garay's phone was a family member. You know what? Uh, sometimes I just want to cry. I'm not going to, of course. But Dave Mack, explain to me what I just heard. Dave Mack joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. What What am I hearing? Explain. Okay. Backing up, in the first report we had, it was said that this is a new relationship that Tommy Garay, the single dad of a two-year-old little girl, that it was a new relationship with this woman. Now we know it was... Seneda, uh, Marie Soto. We also noted that this home, Jackie, it's not just a home that he owns. This is a home that has been in his family generationally. It's a home his father grew up in, that he grew up in, and now he's raising his daughter in this home. That's how important this place is. And know that Seneda Marie Soto knew that. So she calls him up on FaceTime to talk to her new boyfriend, and 
unbeknownst to her, it's a relative, but a female answers the FaceTime video instead of Tommy Gray. That sets Sineda off. I mean, she loses her cookies, Nancy, and she starts planning what she's going to do. Now, we don't know what items she particularly went after in that home, but she had been in the home before. She knew her way around. So she went and got very specific items out of that home and put them in her car. Then she taunts Tommy by showing him that there's a chair on fire. Take a look at this, you know? Now, the reason we know she lit the sofa on fire is because, as you mentioned earlier, surveillance video catches everything. And in that surveillance video, they actually see Seneda Maria Soto lighting that couch on fire. You know what? I want to talk about the aspect, before I get into proving this case, to you, Dr. Jory Carlson, psychologist joining us, Professor St. Leo you. My dad passed away, oh gosh, several years ago. It feels like yesterday. But it was more like five years ago. And we just, my mom finally, who lives with us, just decided out of the blue to sell our home, our family home. I never said anything to her, but I didn't want her to sell it. I love our family home. Her father built the home for her. Uh, My grandfather dug the well. He was a diviner. He found the water in the backyard and dug the well for, for our home. And I grew up there. I didn't want her to sell the home. Of course, I didn't tell her that. I wanted her to do what she wanted to do with her home. I mean, what I went through, Dr. Jory, thinking about losing the family home. And in this case, this woman knows it's a home that's been in the family for generations. Think of the power that gives her in her mind over him. And by destroying it, I mean... The damage she has done, the pain that she's inflicted psychologically on him, because again, fire destroys everything. I mean, there's, you know, not any, I guess you can build back, but it's not going to be the original. And, you know, that violence that was displayed by her against the boyfriend through the fire, um, that's that power and just violence. And to top it all off, they'd only been dating one month. Now, this is not the first time that we have seen the old adage, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I've always hated that because it's so, you know, stereotypical of women. Some women. That said, (laughs) that said, we all remember the case of Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who burned down her high-profile boyfriend, Andre Rison's $1.3 million mansion. As I recall, it all started in the bathtub. Take a listen to our friends at Now This News. While Rison was gone, Lopez took his new sneakers, put them in his bathtub, and set them on fire. But she was unable to contain the flames once they started, and by morning, the entire mansion had burned down. A day later, Lopez was arrested and charged with arson. She ultimately got off with a small fine and probation. To this day, it will go down as one of the most insane celebrity couple fights in history. Unbelievably, Ryzen and Lopez remained together still even after burning their house down. The two continued their relationship for years to come and were even planning on getting married until Lopez was tragically killed in a car accident in Honduras in 2002. 
Andre Ryson, a high-profile football player, played with the Colts, the Falcons, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Packers. She started a fire out of anger that ended up burning down a $1.3 million mansion. Okay, she's not the only one. Take a listen to our friends at Inside Edition. She looks like she's relaxing in a lawn chair with a good book. But authorities say she actually just torched her own home, then sat in the chair to watch it go up in flames. The shocking video starts with the woman having an argument on her front porch. Oh my God, he just threw water at her. Then another argument with another resident. Next thing you know, the house they all live in is on fire. And there's the accused arsonist relaxing in the lawn chair. She's sitting there just chilling, watching the house go up in flames. Which goes back to the odd characteristic of certain arsonists that sit back and watch their handiwork. And there's more on Gail Metwall. Listen. The fire quickly consumes the house in Elkton, Maryland. Get out of the house! It's on fire! A bystander runs to help a resident as she climbs out a window. Hurry! Fire crews rush to the scene. That whole roof just fell. Avery Hammond shot the video. I couldn't believe that she was just sitting there like it wasn't happening. She casually went out there, sat in a chair, uh, stated a few obscenities, and watched the fire spread throughout the house. And now, take a listen to this idiot uh, from our friends at WBTV. A woman facing charges after deputies say she set fire to a home. It also was reportedly not the home she meant to set on fire. The Rowan County Sheriff's Office believes she may have been trying to get at her ex-boyfriend. One problem, though, Christy Jones' boyfriend does not live at the house that caught fire. Someone else does. And now they have to fix $20,000 in damage. Deputies say the homeowner went to grab a garden hose and noticed pieces of wood on fire around a propane tank. Get this, deputies say the water hose did not work because Jones tried to seal it. Jones is charged with arson and assault. Deputies say more charges are possible. She's behind bars on a $101,000 bond. She even thought to get rid of the water hose and ended up burning down the wrong house when she was trying to burn down the home of her boyfriend. Well, here is a woman uh, brought to us from WDIV who couldn't get at the house, so she burned up the next best thing belonging to her imaginary boyfriend. Listen. An enterprising neighbor was up at 8 Wednesday morning and caught it all on camera. The woman busts out a window in the Jeep, pours gasoline inside, and then throws a match. The force of the explosion she's caused throws her backward, but she crawls back to pick up the gas can and takes off as the Jeep begins to go up in flames. The flames melted two cars. That Jeep was all of three months old. The owner of it, Avery Stevenson, did tell us that while he knows 26-year-old Sydney Parham, who has been arrested for this, she was not his girlfriend. Well, apparently she thought she was or wanted to be. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. 
I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. In the current case, we have a man, a young dad, left with his two-year-old little girl and no home. Another layer of psychosis is that she actually, uh, Nicole Brock joining me, forensic fire medic, arson expert, sends him a video that morning around 2 a.m. of his home going up in flames. How does that factor in to your analysis of the mind of an arsonist? Again, we're going back to that mental state of mind. She was looking for a finality. She was looking for a way to, how can I hurt him the most? She knew how much the house meant to him. I'm pretty sure they had multiple conversations about it. And for a lot of arsonists, one of the other guest panelists also mentioned, it's about that power. It's about being able to finalize somebody's um, mental state. You know, it, it's it's the, the, the most incredible teardown emotionally for any person. So she found that and she, and oh, that is, oh, this is just the saddest story. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Is that adage true? Guys, I know you recall the case that Joe Scott Morgan and I covered together. Uh, Take a listen to our friends at Fox 59. The family of the man killed in this parking lot outside Tilly's Pub believes the death was the result of a fatal obsession. The prosecutor hopes the murder charge in this case, as well as a second similar murder charge filed this week, sends some important messages to everyone. Carrying food out to his car in this parking lot along 82nd Street last week, 26-year-old Andre Smith found himself ambushed and run over three times. Police believe the driver that night was a woman who tracked Smith to Tilly's pub. We are devastated, man, heartbroken. I really don't think nothing can justify 
my cousin being gone. Smith's family told me that while the suspect Galen Morris believed Smith was cheating on her with another woman, Smith was not dating the suspect at the time, but they believe she had become obsessed with his personal life. This affidavit claims Morris admitted she put a tracker in the backseat of Smith's car and followed him to the pub via GPS air tags. Pure out obsession that leads to murder. Joe Scott Morgan joining us, uh, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University. Joe Scott, uh, you covered that case along with me and investigated the crime scene. Have you noticed that these women scorned use particularly gruesome methods to kill their victim? This guy, Smith, was run over over and over and yep. over. Remember yep. when we talked to his mother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure do. It's, you know, and I think at the time I used the term uber violence, where it is to the extreme. You know, just like burning down a structure, you know, one of the things that uh, I kind of reflected back on, you know, we had mentioned uh, losing things within the structure. Um, I, I began to think about, you know, the first time, you know, in my home that I ever looked over, peeked over the side of a crib and looked down at my babies in that crib. That's a space that I can never get back. In this case, where this where Andre was run over multiple, multiple times, it's not just the fact that she's trying to kill him. It's a fact that she's trying to eradicate him, any any semblance of him. As a matter of fact, you know, if it, it even goes to the extreme that if his family wanted to have a viewing of him, mm. that, that couldn't be achieved, you know, from the funeral. So, you know, you get an idea of how vicious these attacks are, Nancy. Of course, we, we can't talk about women's scorn without mentioning Jacqueline Addis. Listen to our friends KPHO. I felt like I met my soulmate and everything was just the way it was. And I thought we would just do what everybody else did and we would just like get married and everything would be fine. But that's not what happened. Jacqueline Addis claims she went on three dates with a Paradise Valley man she met through an online dating service for millionaire matchmaking. Court records say Addis sent the victim 65,000 text messages, including threats to kill him, wear his body parts, and bathe in his blood. To me, it seemed like more. Addis does not deny the volume of text messages, but she would not get into specifics. She did, however, regret the nature of some of those messages. finding love not everything is perfect this was a journey and I want to apologize because nobody would ever be more sorry Addis said she never intended to hurt or scare the victim and she doesn't blame him for her incarceration no I love him she still loves him from behind bars did you hear that she says when you're finding love Not everything is perfect. Well, that's a surefire way to get a man to threaten to kill him, wear his body parts and bathe in his blood. Okay, can we have this discussion without saying the two words? Shana Hubers. Listen to this 911 call. Campbell County 911. Ma'am, I have, I have, I, um, um, well, I, I killed my boyfriend in self-defense. Okay, where are you at? I'm at 12 Meadow Lane, Highland Heights, Kentucky. It's apartment suite 10. Is it Meadow, anything else, Meadow View or something? No, 12 Meadow Lane, ma'am, I killed him in self-defense. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 
No, she didn't. She didn't kill him in self-defense. She killed him because he was having a date that night, literally, with Miss Ohio. Ryan Poston was an up-and-coming success story. Just gotten out of law school. He was the apple of his family's eye. She went on to state that she gave him the, quote, nose job he always wanted. She shot him in the face. Yeah, woman scorn. And I, I don't want to miss... Um, Nijinsky Dix. Take a listen to our cut 36A. Nijinsky Dix is a 37-year-old PhD student at the University of Illinois, Chicago. She's been pursuing a doctorate in criminology, law, and justice while also working as an employee at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, where she's the director of a talent search program called TRIO. She's also dating a man named Terry Hickman. They didn't date for long. According to Hickman's family, they dated for about three months. But the 44-year-old Terry broke up with her in May. So what exactly is obsession that leads to burning down someone's home? I mean, I could go on and on. We've got Jody Arias that stabbed Travis Alexander 30 times, shot him in the head because he was taking another woman on vacation after Arias and he had broken up. But the obsession leading to outright murder. What is that, Dr. Jory? Well, that's a psychosis, you could call it. I mean, it's definitely a mental deficiency in uh, logic. It's focusing in on like an object, like this person, like she said, you know, love isn't perfect. Uh, it's that misinterpretation. Uh, and it usually ends in some form of violence. Well, it sure did this time. Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com. Where does the case stand against Zenaida Soto? She has uh, been charged, Nancy, with um, arson, obviously, um, and uh, burglary and uh, attempted murder. Guys, there is a GoFundMe online to try to help this young father and his two-year-old baby. His name, Tommy Garay, G-A-R-A-Y. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule. You'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.